From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. It's essential that to make effective decisions about your career and your personal life, you really have to start doing some digging to figure out what do I want and why do I want that thing that I think I want. Today on episode 42 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Mary Rogers. As the host of the Experience 50 podcast for midlife and her work as a mentor and consultant, she has lots of do's and don'ts to share about what leads to success when you build your first business following a late career job loss. In our current time of major disruption, this is an episode with lots of useful information. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Mary Rogers. Mary has served as leadership staff of two chambers of commerce, the National Association of Women Business Owners and the Small Business Administration's Michigan Small Business Development Center. She sold her company, Marigold Women in Business, to a division of Pepsi in 2009. Mary is now self-employed, hosting the Experience 50 podcast for Midlife. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, David. It's great to be here, and I love your show. Thank you so much. And um, and I was I'm honored that I was a guest on your show some time ago, and I think that what you're doing is so badly needed in today's world, which is what we're going to talk about today. Great. So here we are. We're in the midst of a pandemic, a major disruption to life, quite literally, for many people. And we're also in a major economic disruption. And who knows where it's going to lead and what things are going to look like as we start to emerge from this, whenever and however that happens. But the reason why I started going solo is because I've been seeing this trend towards particularly high-achieving professionals who are most commonly in their 50s, um, I would say ranging anywhere from maybe late 40s up to their 60s, seeing this trend where they have had a, a great career, done great work as an employee, so it's typically 20 to 30 years or more, and then they start a business, either as a consultant or as a coach or some kind of small professional service business, usually with one person or a very small team providing the offering to clients. And what I've noticed is that for many of these folks, there has been a trigger that has led them to go from employment to entrepreneurship, which, and the trigger being that they've been fired. And I would say, you know, anecdotally from what I have heard from people, it's much more frequently because of circumstances that have nothing to do with their performance, um, circumstances beyond their control. You know, coronavirus is a great example of something that's beyond our control. It's happened. Lots of businesses have had cutbacks. Many have shut down. I'm sure we're going to see lots of bankruptcies. We're already starting to see some. So it's a very challenging transition for many people, you know, if, especially you've been programmed to be an employee, it's a certain way of thinking. And then to try to launch a business using your expertise, um, the expertise part is actually the easy part is what you know and you, what you've been using in your work for, for decades. The business part um, has a lot of new elements that, that people haven't 
used before and haven't tried. You have lots of experience on the business side and you also focus on this age population and you've seen some of these same trends. I'd love to start off by just hearing your thoughts about what you're seeing, what you're hearing and how people might be able to position themselves to do a better job of being able to do meaningful work and get paid what they're worth doing their own thing. Yeah, I I think that word meaningful, doing meaningful work, that is what I see in my audience for my podcast is people get to that age of 50 and they truly are looking for things to just have more meaning that, you know, for instance, for me, the last paycheck job that I had, because I've bounced back and forth between being self-employed and being an employee. And, you know, you walk into a meeting and everyone's staring at an Excel spreadsheet and some of us just start thinking, oh my God, is this really what I'm focused on? You know, the metrics on this spreadsheet that we are all going to have a throwdown over how we're going to measure something. And it doesn't feel meaningful. And it becomes like going to work, you're tolerating intolerable circumstances. And so my crowd, people who are looking to transition in their 50s to a more meaningful, purposeful way of living, they're like, that's not it. And so it's going to be interesting now that for most people, as you've stated during this economic shutdown, it may not be just a matter of choice. You know, they're going to have to separate and find a new way of working. So I know my background, I'm very comfortable pivoting and changing personas, both, you know, personally and professionally. But for people who really identify as being part of Team X, you know, whatever company they were working for, that separation if it's happening around 50 at the same time that so many other natural transitions are occurring, like moving from being a devoted parent and now little Timmy is away at college or has moved out and all of a sudden you're not a parent anymore and you're not necessarily a child anymore because our parents start dying around this period of life. And then if you go from not being part of that family where you work, it's a devastating mix. It's just devastating. And I think it's almost too much for some. I mean, you talk about being overwhelmed by circumstances. It's essential that to make effective decisions about your career and your personal life, you really have to start doing some digging to figure out what do I want? And why do I want that thing that I think I want? Because you could be wrong. It's very easy to make bad decisions and wrong decisions when the rug has been pulled out from under your feet. So what have you seen? Let's actually talk about some of the things that perhaps people should not do. Sure. Right? Because you have talked to a lot of people on your podcast. You've talked to a lot of people in uh, the roles that you've had. So you have seen lots and lots of examples. What are some things people should not do? Well, one of my favorite keynote speeches that I give is 
do not turn your passion into profits, which is very counter <laughs> to the messaging that is out there. I mean, everyone, oh, don't you want to turn your passion into profits? And I have, it's probably the fastest way to flush a whole lot of money down the toilet because, and, and here's why, if you are going to become self-employed, let's say you are passionate about antique trains, for example, and you decide, you know what, this is what I've always been passionate about. And even though my skill set is as, you know, let's say an environmental engineer, what happens is that if you decide to start a business, and it and I don't even mean retail, it could be a, you know, online business, say about antique trains. Once you put in place everything that is required to run a business from the marketing to the bookkeeping to, you know, if it's going to be online to learning how to run a website, you are going to find that you start hating antique trains <laughs> if you don't know how to do the fundamentals of running your business. That there, there is another way of creating businesses where your focus is really on the joy of business and running a business. And who cares if it's antique trains or widgets or cogs or informational products, whatever. You have to learn how to run the business so that you do not end up hating what you're passionate about. And, and one example I give is someone who loves to travel and they decide they're going to become an independent travel agent. And the money that they pour into setting up a business that they're not equipped to run, they could have spent that money actually traveling, funded by the profits they made from a business that is better suited to them. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like someone starting a floral business when they could have just planted a really nice garden. I see it over and over again is instead of thinking about the thing that you're passionate about, what are you really good at and and what makes you, you know, come to life and it may be helping other people. I mean, that's a very broad topic and a broad skill. But figure out, you know, what makes you shine? What are you good at? What do other people say you're good at? And go with what is the verb and not the noun of what you enjoy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So really understand your value proposition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that would be part of it. But I would say also based on what you're hearing from others, not what you think it is. Correct. Oh, oh. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that, David, because I'm sure you're very familiar with this, that people will have an idea for a business and they will talk to family and friends and say, hey, what do you think of this? And I will tell you right now, they are all lying to you. <laughs> when, when they say, oh, I'll be your first customer, they're just being nice. 99% of the time, you are better off calling strangers and asking, letting them know, hey, I'm looking at starting a business. You would be a potential customer of mine. Can I talk to you a little bit and do some market research before I invest in this business? 
and they will be far more honest with you. You know, it's like, don't stay with your inner circle. Go like two or three bands outside of your circle. I know what, what I did when I was looking at leaving my last great position is I did spend time talking to not my inner circle, but my second circle of people who I knew and admired and I really respected. And I had a sense that they were aware of my work and admired and respected me and started asking, what do you see as a logical step for me when I leave this job I'm not that I'm not happy at right now? And that was the most valuable time I spent. And they aimed me in a direction I never would have considered. Which was what? Having a podcast. <laughs> so that's how it started. Yeah. Well, I, I also, something that I don't think I even included in my um, one sheet for you. I mean, I used to be a morning radio talk show host. So for five years, I was merry in the morning, which was a complete fluke. I had no background in broadcasting, and it's a long, complicated story. But all of a sudden, I ended up with a morning talk show for five years and loved it. Absolutely loved it. But it was such a fluke of a, a time period. And after I left that, I went right back into you know familiar waters of doing business consulting. And when I knew I wanted to leave that, I had one of my people who I adored said, honey, you don't need a job. You need a show. And someone else I spoke to said, Mary, when you talk about, because he had someone else I had met with, a mentor of mine, he also, interestingly, used to be a talk radio show guy in a very major market and is now a business owner. But he said, take me through, you know, like your last four jobs. Let's talk about those. And I talked about the different things I did. And he said, did you, he said, it's incredible. Your body language, when you started talking about radio, he said, you came to light. You just, you just started beaming. And then you went back to talking about business counseling and being a leader of organizations and your body just got smaller. I was like, huh, that's interesting. (laughs) And so it was these other people who were like, no, you need to go back to that one chapter in your life and bring it back. And so I thought the logical thing to do was to, I mean, I made a lot of sense to me. I'll do a podcast about business. I'll start a podcast about how to start a business, grow a business, you know, something along that vein. And that's absolutely what I was going to do. And it was maybe only a week before I had to completely commit my money into this project and I completely changed my mind and decided to go with the podcast and my business being about midlife transitions because that's what I was experiencing and that's what I was passionate about. But it was, so that was going to be the topic. So that would, that would be my noun, but my verb was broadcasting. And that's, do you see what I'm saying? That was what I loved 
doing was interviewing people and doing being my own program director and being independent enough in a podcast where I didn't have to deal with a general manager and a sales department. And I really looked at the, well, what did I like about that? What didn't I like about that? And I created the perfect environment for myself using the skills I had, but now being focused on midlife transitions. And Mary, how was what you did with podcasting different than the person who pursued his passion with trains? Hmm. Well, for one thing, I knew how to run a podcast broadcast type business, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. that, that gets into a much bigger question. Some people going solo, and I'm sure that, you know, you help people with this all the time. It's a huge, it's a huge culture shock because people who go from being an employee to going solo, the first time their laptop doesn't work and they're so accustomed to calling IT and saying, yeah, I need an IT guy to come up here. Or you need a tweak to your logo or you want your presentation to look better. There's not an art department. You don't have graphic designers. You have to do everything yourself. So, I mean, that kind of gets into another area. So the guy who goes into antique trains, you know, he's, he needs a skill set to run what, however, whatever business model he's going to have for that. There are just fundamental business skills and understanding bootstrapping to get started, knowing when to build a team. There's so much that goes with it. I think some people just start out overly, you know, they, what is it where you don't know what you don't know? You know, the rookie smarts can work for you or against you when you start a business. Yeah. Mary, what, what kinds of trends have you seen in people going from employment to entrepreneurship? pre-coronavirus for, for the, for, for the over 50 crowd. Yeah. Consulting, consulting, consulting. That, that is what everyone is doing. I mean, 90% of who I work with, they're either becoming consultants or they're becoming creatives. So they're creating art or content, you know, either becoming authors or artists. And if they're, if they're staying in a business lane, it is going to be as a consultant. So mm-hmm. my advice is always, man, be sure you have one nice, hefty client before you take that leap. Right. Well, it, well, for the folks that get pushed out, so they they yeah may not have that one hefty client. What do you see that actually separates the ones that are successful from the ones that are not? Digital marketing skills. <laughs> That's my answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is the world. And if you are over 50, chances are very good that your digital skills are not going to be great. And so what you need, what I advise people to do is some research on getting a virtual assistant, an online business manager, someone with digital marketing skills who can help you because you will go, a, you know, I think that there's a lot of messaging out there from marketers who are going to tell you, you can build your own website and pay me, you know, 
$49 a month to be a part of my mastermind group. And I'll help you with all of these video tutorials that I have. And you can do it yourself. So many people do that and they they can't do it themselves. I'm just going to say it. It's the learning curve is pretty steep on building a website, for example. And I would say, if you can, if you have the financial resources, get someone to help you with this stuff. And you can go to Upwork.com or, you know, Fiverr or different freelance websites and look at people's work, check their reviews, but get people helping you with those things. Don't try to DIY everything in your digital presence. And so that's for marketing. What do you see as the biggest challenge when it comes to sales? Or do you see them as as really very related? Well, I see them related, but I want to think a little bit about that before I... Sales is a skill that is so essential. And if, if you're going to be selling yourself, you have to start looking at yourself as a product, even if it's a service. And it's very difficult for people who don't come from a sales background. I've seen that too. I've seen the areas where people that are becoming consultants struggle the most is marketing and sales. Yeah. Well, here, here would be my advice is to actually, the phrase is to productize your service. So instead of just trying to sell yourself at an hourly rate of, you know, boy, I sure would like to work to help your company achieve X and my, my billable hour is, you know, $300 an hour. Instead, create a package of that with, with an actual name. You know, this is my mountaintop package, which includes an initial consulting session to get to know you and really lay out exactly what they're going to get. Name the different services that you do, bundle them in a package, then offer good, better, and best you know, three different price points. And I can tell you, everyone will buy the middle one. And when you are out selling, don't sell yourself. Don't, don't market how great you are. Market the results that they will experience from these packages that you are selling. And yeah, you are the package, but there's just something about when you position it that way, it seems to be easier for folks who are not natural sellers. So sell the benefit, sell the benefit. You are the feature, but sell the benefit. Yeah. Well, it's like we have to separate ourselves, our souls <laughs> from what we're selling. Because it is hard to be, to sell yourself. It's very hard, especially if you if you haven't done it before. Yeah. 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 And, and, and many people, many people coming out of corporate they haven't had marketing and sales roles. They've been part of of uh, solving the client's problems. They they have been the offering, but they haven't had to market and sell the offering. Right. The other thing that I see, especially with um, with knowledge workers that become consultants, when they're employees, they're often well compensated for solving unique, complex problems. And as a business owner you actually are much more profitable when you're solving something that's pretty simple for you to solve repeatedly. 
which is a lot more, you know, it's not as exciting as solving a complex problem, but it's way more profitable. Yeah, especially if you can just do it over and over and over and you sell that solution. So that, so exactly what we were just saying, that you, you sell a solution over and over, the same one, which is, you know, the outcome of that problem is what you sell. Well, Mary, this is certainly, you know, I've, I've experienced that this is becoming um, a bigger and bigger trend. It'd be interesting to see what happens over the next um, number of months or maybe a year or two as we deal with the, the major shift in the world economy and how that may impact people over the age of 50 going from employment to entrepreneurship. Absolutely. What's happening to the over 50 crowd is they are not changing careers. They are not going from one job to another job. It's just, it, it's like the unicorn that I really did think that a lot of people in their 50s were changing careers. They are not because they cannot get a different job. Call it ageism, whatever label you want to put on it, it just doesn't happen. And so now with so many people out of work, I think your show is so valuable because truly the only option I think people are going to have over 50 is to go solo. They got to figure it out. Yeah. So Mary, for those that may want to go deeper with anything we've shared today and get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go? Best place is for them to visit the website or on whatever podcast player you use, search for experience. 50. And that's a five and a zero. And my, I have over 200 episodes of stories focusing on ordinary people going through extraordinary transitions around the age of 50. And I'll tell you right now, sometimes that, that starting point where they were and going into transition is, is not pretty. So if anyone's listening, they're like, I am such a mess right now. My life's a disaster. Honey, it's okay. You're going to be very comfortable with Experience 50, where we just kind of all get very vulnerable and lay it out there and share stories of how we got ourselves back on our own two feet. And, yeah. and, it, and it all looks good on the other side, I will say. I've never been happier. I'm 56, and at 50, I was a train wreck. Yeah, so thank you for sharing the stories you share on your show. It's also so badly needed. So anyone who wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about, um, go to the Experience 50 podcast. My guest today has been the founder and host of the Experience 50 podcast, Mary K. Rogers. Thank you again, Mary, for joining us. Oh, thank you, and good luck to everybody out there. I think that once you go solo, you will never want to go back to being an employee again. It's, it's a beautiful experience. Yes. And you can make it work. You really can. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Mary. Thanks. Bye. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to maximize the likelihood of your own successful transition from employment to entrepreneurship and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, or if you know someone who would, please get in touch with me via our website at smashingtheplateau.com. 
Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.